Before we begin this episode, Why Do You Know That would like to apologize to Michelle, or Stephanie, or possibly Tracy. One of them. Not all of them, just one. Also, not sure which. It's the Christmas Truce of 1914, this week on Why Do You Know That? Welcome to Why Do You Know That, the party podcast that wants to know why you know so much about a very specific topic. I'm Nadia Osman. I'm Steve Slaga. Hi, Steve. Hi, Nadia. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to us all. Kind of. Kind of. You've gone through something. I got robbed. Yeah. I had, I'll keep this brief because it's traumatic. Yeah. Uh, I thought my roommate came home at like 3.45 in the morning and kind of half asleep was like, oh, rude and loud, but okay, whatever. So I kind of fall back asleep. And then somebody opens my bedroom door and says, oh, sorry, and closes it. And I still thought like, oh, I guess my roommate had like like somebody, they went to the bar, somebody's crashing at our place, something like that. And then it slowly dawns on me that um, no... That was somebody who shouldn't be here. So um, I put on my glasses. I have pepper spray in my bedroom because I was in the Groundlings Sunday Company. And you don't do stuff at Groundlings Past Dark if you don't have pepper spray. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and um, uh, and uh, yeah, so all that was taken was um, my part of my roommate's salt lamp, the salt just Bart. a chunk. J- well, just like the Himalayan salt. He left the lamp of it. He just took the, the salt. The glasses, my glasses case in the bathroom, which was empty. It was like just broken plastic orange glasses case. And, um, oh, my roommate's weed. And then the, t- oh, and four Christmas carts that I had taped to the door. Just pictures of like my friends and families' families. Uh, are missing and two microphones. Our microphones. Our microphones. Our microphones. Our microphones were taken. Uh, but happy ending. Kind of a happy ending. A hopeful ending. Uh, I post. We have a ring doorbell. I posted his photo on Instagram immediately. Somebody that I used to coach in improv was like, "I know him. Here's his Instagram handle." So I found his Instagram, and if you click contact, it gives you his email and phone number. So when the cops came, they're like, "All right, so da 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 da," and I. I was like, I'm just going to stop you really quick. We'll go through. I'll, I'll, I'll walk you through the whole series of events. But just so you know, I have his footage. I have video of him and I know his Instagram. So like, however you want to proceed. What? What? Did I... Yeah. What a dummy. Um. Yeah. So uh, he's a musician. <laughs> Why? Why does he t- was the did he take the Christmas cards for inspiration? He took people to write about. Well, the the officer said, you know, he was clearly on drugs and is clearly like an amateur burglar. Like he didn't break in with the specific idea of stealing stuff to sell. He right. broke in looking for drugs. Right. And I understand that because the way remember when I was talking about the window clings? Yes. And how you should always put up window clings if so. Yeah, Steve had these fun little window clings that were like a snowman and other like holiday decor for the front of his window to say happy holidays. Well, it turns out if you put up a shitty display of window clings and just one strand of Christmas lights, you might have unknowingly made meth heads think that yours is the house to break into for drugs. It looked like now I see it at night. I was like, this looks like where Timothy Oliphant lives in Go. (laughs) So I understand he saw Christmas lights. He saw 
colors and, and he went that is the place yeah to go in yeah. and find some drugs so i'm so sorry you know what though i have to say um the the person who knew him said that he was a really nice guy and drugs are a terrible thing which is true and i wouldn't be opposed to finding this person after he gets help and forming a truce right yeah that's very forgiving of you a truce a truce kind of like what happens in war yeah exactly kind of like a specific wartime truce that we're going to talk about today exactly that's a secular going off we're going to transition and introduce our guest you know him as a writer for shows on Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network. Please welcome Joey Clift. Hey, everybody. I was also the guy that stole your stuff. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Joey, let's, we look, need to get you help. Look, let's not beat around the bush. Uh, I'm addicted to meth. Okay. Uh, I, I needed the money. Uh, like, this is part of my part of our, our truce is I'm on your show. Can you bring our mics back? Yeah. Uh, and, and I sold them for drugs. <laughs> Actually, Fair. can I have these mics? Oh, I, I oh no. He's taking more mics. No, no, no. Joey's taking my, mics. No, no, Joey, my borrowed mics. I need these mics. Stands, please give me drugs. <laughs> uh, yeah, and oh, yeah, I, I love drugs. <laughs> the idea of going to like a drug dealer and being like, I've got these mic stands, yeah, I've got these mic stands, they're used to record yeah. podcasts. People like podcasts, yeah. right? That ups the price. So, <laughs> how much, how much drugs for this? <laughs> yeah, how much drugs? Just fill my hands yeah. up. Uh, I'll take a, a, a mid level drug, something that's not too expensive so I can get more of it, yeah, but nothing too cheap that it won't be a good drug yeah. for can my body. A, can I get a fast casual drug? <laughs> yeah, like, like the Chipotle of drugs, exactly. Yeah, like I don't want it to be like too good of a drug because then like I won't be able to afford more of it, yeah, and be like, oh, I want that expensive drug, yeah, and I'll be like, no, only as a treat. <laughs> that's a good point. Always start on the cheapest drugs so you have somewhere to grow to, <laughs> yeah. I always start on the cheapest, most cut with something bad drugs, yeah. <laughs> Definitely do the thing that will likely kill you immediately. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, oh God, Steve, I am truly so sorry that all this happened to you. That is very traumatic. Well, luckily, first, I think like our brains and our like innards are very good at um, when something really terrible happens. It was just instantly shutting down and like, or it was shock of just being like, okay, don't lose your shit. Yeah. That won't do it. But also, it all happened so kind of, I was half asleep. I thought it was my roommate. Even after the person walked in, I still thought it was my roommate. So they were already gone by the time it hit me, like someone was in the house. So it took me a little while to register it all because my biggest fear in the world is fucking home invasion and people breaking into my house. Yeah. Ugh. I was creepy crawled. He was creepy crawling. You, me. He did. Oh my god! The Manson family's back, mm -hmm. and it starts with this musician, aka Joey Cliff. Oh my god! Manson <laughs> was a musician. Yes. Oh, um, it is also. But I 100 get the the order of operations of like you're laying in bed, you're half awake. Like somebody comes in and then apologizes, and it's just like yeah, the the thing that you would say yeah. is like. I feel like, especially if you're not all the way awake, would be like, oh, yeah, like, it's okay or whatever. And then they would leave. And then, like, after three or four beats, you'd be like, wait a second. Yeah. I don't have a roommate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why did he come home at 345? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but then, like, yeah, I'm sure with that guy, once he randomly wakes somebody up, he's probably not going to stick around much longer. Than yeah, that. yeah. And, like, I'm lucky that... Uh, he was caught off guard. And I think that was also something that, that kind of calmed me like the next day. And when I was telling people at work, I was like, but you know, the thing is he, he did say he was sorry and left right away. <laughs> well, did you, uh, maybe this is not information to say on the podcast. Did, did, did he pick the lock? Do you lock your door? Like, um, he, this tell is, everybody that you don't no, lock no, no, your doors is, on the podcast. This is great information. Well, first of all, um, 
the internet is is terrible and filled with garbage people and yeah. i posted the video that clearly shows his face there were several videos of him but i showed the one i posted the one that had his face face the clearest on ring in like the the, yeah. the ring app where like you can do that and so many people commented to cuss me out and say i didn't lock my doors and i deserved it and it's like i'm just showing you one video that shows his face i'm why would one if if I left my doors open and somebody came in and stole shit, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna post about that. I'm gonna feel real dumb. Yeah. Right. But that is insane of like the attitude of if you left your door unlocked, you deserve to be broken. Yeah. It's like, like nobody's deserve- ever accidentally left their door unlocked. It's just like, oh, he left his door unlocked. He deserved to be murdered. Yeah. yeah. It's it's almost as insane as the attitudes behind War. Oh, you do, yeah. you do. War. Track. Much like the war of having your house broken into. <laughs> so anyway. Yeah, thank you. Uh, so today we're going to be talking about the World War One Christmas truce, which is the one time during the Great War in which ceasefire did stop until the uh, armistice in 1918. Uh, Joey Clift, why do you know that? Um, I know that. Uh, so honestly, I'm like, I'm a pretty big history buff. And I remember, I want to say it was like U.S. history sometime in high school. Um, one of my U.S. history teachers just like, you know, kind of went on like a side tangent when we were talking about World War One about like this really interesting, just like weird instance uh, during World War One where um, uh, it was like 1914 around Christmas there was, uh, as Nadia said, just like a truce among uh, all soldiers um, under like a specific section of the front near like a town called Ypres, which is spelled Y-P-E-R-S in Belgium. And basically what happened was um, like uh, a couple of, I want to say English soldiers were singing just like Christmas carols or whatever. Some of the German soldiers who were on the other side of the trench fighting like heard this and started singing back to them. And then the British soldiers started putting up Christmas trees. The German soldiers started doing the same thing. Um, And then I think that like at a certain point, I want to say an English soldier or a German soldier basically took like a thing of canned ham and like maybe put like a bow or something on it and then just chucked it uh, into the opposing side's trench and then just screamed like it's a Christmas present or whatever. And then um, shortly after that, like, the sides, uh, you know, like, slowly, like, one person kind of, like, peeked their head out of the trench and said, like, okay, you're not going to shoot me if I come out, right? Um, And then eventually after, like, kind of, like, inching their way way forward, both sides just decided to stop fighting for a couple of days. And they literally uh, met in the middle of, like, no man's land and, you know, did, like, you know, dark war stuff, like, collecting their dead and stuff like that. But also, in addition to that, like gave each other cigarettes, gave each other presents, like got each other's addresses and like just like sent letters to each other for the rest of their lives after the war. They maintained friendships and they got to the point, it got to the point where like after a couple of days, the officers basically, the officers that were like far back on the front line or far back on the lines basically started telling the frontline soldiers like, hey, this is a war. You guys should maybe stop just hanging out with each other. <laughs> looks really bad if like two opposing sides are just chilling um so they started threatening to like start to artillery shelling the front lines if they didn't start fighting each other so they even got to the point where they would like pretend to shoot at each other because they were friends with each other so they would purposely shoot over each other's heads just so the officers would think that the war was back on 
And then eventually what they ended up doing was they um, they basically took a lot of the frontline soldiers and then just started cycling them back with the attitude of like, okay, so these guys are friends with each other. They're not going to fight each other. But if we cycle them back and cycle new soldiers in who aren't friends with each other, maybe they'll start fighting again. And that's what happened. And like, you know, it's just a really it's just a really interesting point in history and especially like wartime where like two sides realize that like they have more in common than they have differences and you know they even went so far as like they played like a soccer game on no man's land using like a thing of twine just because they were like oh we're like just buds at this point and you know i mean it's just like especially in the current political climate it's just realizing that like we're all humans and yeah i don't know i think it's just a good reminder of that yeah absolutely it's a beautiful beautiful story i know um there's a bunch of factors that uh made it like ideal conditions for a truce which sounds insane but like there's a reason that this truce may have happened when it happened because it's only five months into world war one that this truce started up um so by december all the everybody was in trenches and they were already like familiar enough with the combat that was happening to have already lost hundreds of thousands of people like immediately um and so since so many people had already been killed in heavy fighting, uh, they were just like, this fucking thing sucks. Yeah. Uh, and then the Germans uh, had been, there, there's this sort of like race to the sea to get. Well, yeah, it's like if you think of it in in Europe terms, uh, Ethan Belgium. <laughs> well, just like, well, it's just like, you know. Think of it in Europe terms. Well, you know, it's just like Germany's not, Germany's, it's not landlocked, but it's not like, it's not. Well, they don't call it landlocked. They call it a uh, uh, center of the earthing. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 yeah. They're measuring so, it different. They're measuring it in meters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Germany's center of the earth. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, so like uh, basically the goal was that if they could get if they could get to like, you know, the Atlantic Ocean or the English Channel or whatever, then they could essentially divide Europe. So it's like all of a sudden Belgium, you know, uh, the Netherlands and stuff like that can't like trade with each other and stuff like that. Right. So it results in the stalemate. And that's essentially why like trench war just started because they're just like, yeah. well, we're just going to be here until yeah, we just can dig gain- holes and hang out. We're yeah. going to gain inches by inches. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And everybody thought the war would be over really quickly. They thought it'd be over by Christmas of that year. Yeah. Uh, little did they know. So uh, they're there Christmas week and they're like, fuck this. So by the time Christmas Eve happens, there's uh, a ton of snow weather. It was a, it was weather that created a super hard frost and it gave this like ice and snow dusting along the front lines that made both sides be like, whoa, I feel like God wants us to like stop. Like right. we can't really fight in this weather anyway. So like surely this is a sign. There's also like this was around the rise of communism. So like there there, there was also like a real feeling of like the proletariat versus the bourgeoisie. And it's like the proletariat, like, you know, the... The average like frontline soldier is probably not a rich person. The average officer on both sides probably is a rich person because this was World War One, so it's especially like when you know generals were like kings and stuff, right? Right. So like you know there was this feeling of like the even the troops realizing like oh in terms of like class struggle like we're the same like we're in the same socio socioeconomic level and the people that are like telling us to shoot each other are like all significantly above us in socio socioeconomics. It's like, you know, everyone, no matter where you work, everyone hates the regional managers. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. 
Yeah. No yeah. matter if you're competing, if it's an Applebee's and Chili's, yeah. you both can agree that, you know. Roger. Roger and Michelle are. Just a real pain in the mm-hmm. ass. Oh, I hate Roger and Michelle. They're always telling me to keep the floors clean. <laughs> at PacSun, I worked at PacSun in high school, and it was Michelle. And I made the mistake of, in my interview, being like, oh, I hear Michelle, the regional manager, is real, is real mean. And I still got the job. I mean, you probably got it because the person in the interview was probably like, yeah, she is a real mean. Yeah. <laughs> also, how does this kid know? <laughs> <laughs> what else does he know? What other secrets does he possess about Paxson? We must keep him close. <laughs> yeah, we must keep him close so his info doesn't get out. Uh, if we pay him minimum wage, he'll keep quiet. And 10% discount on everything but shoes. Did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to- Regional managers probably got a 10% discount on shoes. Oh, for sure. Yeah. That's uh, what you're working towards. <laughs> oh, capitalism sucks. Um, yeah. I uh, I only ever, I worked at a polo Ralph Lauren for two months in college as a college job. And oh, man, I feel that. Like, yeah, uh, those jobs suck. Yeah. I worked at an AMC. AMC 20. First job. Was you told theater. that before. New I, job. Uh, New but- job. <laughs> As far as retail goes, though, I worked at Victoria's Secret, and that sucked. Ooh, it um, wasn't sexy? No, not at all. I don't believe for a second that working at Victoria's Secret isn't sexy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have you seen the fashion shows? I Yes. Yeah, like your paycheck, your minimum wage paycheck was like laced. <laughs> <laughs> it's written in fancy cursive. It's written in fancy cursive, and you're like, ooh, that's sexy minimum wage. It smells like perfume. Yeah, yeah. This uh, check for $40 yeah. for two weeks worth of work smells like perfume. <laughs> like rose petals fall out of it. <laughs> Excuse yeah. me, the ATM seems to be broken. I put in a perfumed lace check, <laughs> and uh, now it's saying it's not reading it. Yeah, it also just uh, kept on saying, awooga. <laughs> That job was just, they would push me to push on other people to sign up for Victoria's Secret credit card. Oh, that's what they all, it's such a racket about credit cards. Yeah. Yeah. Never get a store-based credit card uh, with the sole exception of like, if you truly do shop there all the time and can pay off the card. Yeah. Uh, It's also funny because I I used to feel guilty because the the clerk would always be like, oh, would you like to sign up for a credit card? And like, I know they probably get like a a bonus or something for the certain amount. But then I realized, no, they hate that they're fucking forced to ask everybody. So when I say no, they're just like, oh, thank God. Like I used to go to 7-Eleven and like charge a Slurpee and be like, oh, I feel so bad. I'm just charging 75 cents. And then I realized, no, they're like, thank God I don't have to handle cash. So like, right. Yeah. Well, that was, I think that, like, once I started working, like, just, like, retail jobs and stuff like that, I realized, oh, like, everybody just, if you're working a retail job, you probably just don't want to deal with fuss. Yeah. Like, it's like, you you don't want, like, I don't know, you're probably making minimum wage. You're not going to, like, put your neck out for it. So, yeah, like, stuff like that. Like, whatever's easiest for them. They're yeah, on passive path. path of least resistance, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. And we formed a truce very much like those troops did with the, when I worked at a pretzel place at the mall with the movie theater across the way. And we would get, like, they would give us free tickets and we'd give them free pretzels and soda. So, uh, That's nice. Yeah, I... Um, we played with all the sniffing salts in both of our <laughs> medical cap, like both of our first aid kits. Uh, we just had a fun, <laughs> who can smell sniffing salts the most today? <laughs> that was my attempt to bring it back to the truce of the Christmas yeah, war and, truce. And you uh, you had to stop when the regional manager said they would start shelling you with artillery exactly. if you didn't yep. start fighting. Yep. It was twist and shout pretzels. That's how they were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, what other details do you recall, Joey, about the Christmas truce? Because you, you did hit on some big points like the Christmas ham, and there's a bunch of different accounts of this happening, like soldiers writing in journals and stuff about it. So I'm just wondering if there's specific moments that you remember um, or that you can recall about the event itself. I mean, I think it was I've heard so many different uh, I've heard so many different accounts from people, uh, you know, like reading journals and stuff like that about like some people say it lasted two days. Some people say it lasted like a couple of months. Um, yeah, I think it's just, you know, like it's one of those things where regardless, oh, oh some, like a detail that I really love about it is um, uh, the newspapers uh, pretty much in all the countries involved with the war uh, didn't want to print stories about it because they didn't want they didn't want other soldiers to be like, oh, we could just stop fighting. <laughs> uh, Wait, so what? That's yeah, right. the biggest concern, yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, What do you mean we can just stop? Yeah, yeah, We could just be friends with each other? Yeah, because this truce was not official and it was oh, yeah, this illegal. Was not, yeah, this was not, this was not, like, this was literally just a couple soldiers just, like, realizing, like, oh, they're celebrating Christmas, we're celebrating Christmas. Uh, like, we could probably just be friends. Yeah, um, it was, was a very fuck you to the well, military. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was a fu- yeah, 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 yeah. There's no better way to bond with somebody than over like a hatred for something or someone else. Like, yeah. that's, most of my friendships are formed by shit talking other people, and I feel like <laughs> it's very similar with this truce of just like they're both just like, man, fuck the people making us do this. Yeah. Like I, I was that. a barber before this. Yeah. <laughs> I want to go. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and this is the time when barbers are also dentists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was a barber slash dentist slash cocaine dealer before. Uh, and now I have to shoot at you? That's not what I meant to do. Yeah. I meant to cut your hair, pull out your teeth, and give you a smattering of cocaine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A smattering of cocaine to make, to make it all feel better. Um, Especially that haircut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but like... Yeah, I mean, so there was this real feeling of I, mean, I want to say the the French government like just flat out started telling soldiers like, oh, to not fight is like treasonous. Like we will like lock you up if you don't fight each other. Um, there were a bunch of newspapers, like I think I mentioned a second ago, where like it took like I think a full week for like even the United States, who was neutral at the time, they didn't enter the war to like uh, 1915, 1916 or so to report stories about it because it was like, should we report on this? Like, um, and then I, I want to say that like when when like uh, papers in like you know Germany and other places started reporting on it, they definitely took the the tone of like so. Anyway, these idiots did a dumb thing, uh, just to like try to paint it over as like, uh, hey, uh, other soldiers, uh, it's bad to not fight other people. Please, please fight. Please, please fight. Yeah, please keep this going. Yeah, please, please don't going. realize you have your own free will. And yeah, you don't, just don't stop. Yeah, don't realize that you can just stop. Don't realize that like I mean I don't know. There's way more of you than us, and you have guns now, so you can go. <laughs> so like nothing stopping you from taking us over. Um, so the way that this like really started is they were both singing Christmas carols because it's Christmas Eve and they're just like, uh, it's Christmas Eve and it sucks being in a trench. So what do we do to cheer ourselves up in all this fucking cold? Let's sing Christmas carols. And then on the, they realized the other side, whoever they were, were like, wait a minute. They're also singing Christmas carols. They're singing the same dang carols. I wonder what songs. Um, I believe this is this would be when like this is the time of like uh, boring Christmas. It was songs. Jingle Bell Rock. They, oh, were, <laughs> they were far ahead of their time. This is actually yeah, Jingle Bell Jingle Rock Bell was Rock. written. Yeah, Jingle uh, Rock. It was uh, weirdly Christmas in Hollis by Run DMC. <laughs> uh, there was there is a story about um, 
I think everybody started singing because it was also around New Year's, like Audlin sing, like mm-hmm. oh, the queen, oh yeah, forgot. and like the one New Year's song, yeah, the, the one, only New Year's yeah, song, the one apparently. New Year's song, the, yeah, the best New Year's do we, song. Do we think that that song slaps? I think it kind of slaps, but I'm also like, I think we need a new New Year's song. I don't even. I don't like it. <laughs> you should. Um, <laughs> Steve's I don't need face it. Face is so like fuck this song. You, you should make a deal with the uh, the meth addict that broke into your apartment to uh, write a new song. Uh, you won't press charges if he writes a fucking banger New Year's. I mean, song. that's what I said to the cop is that when I was like saying he's a music producer, I was so mad because it's it's like, but you know what? You could arrest him, throw him in jail. He'll get out, continue to make music, and still has just as good of a chance as becoming a huge producer. And him breaking in and robbing me is just his cred. And I was like, I'm going to hold on to this police report so that one day I can like get it signed or something. <laughs> uh, that's or he'll awesome. die in jail. I mean, yeah, or, anything's yeah. possible. Yeah, or he'll get stabbed in jail. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, it is just an interesting. I mean, yeah, like I think all the links sing with the song that like, even though, you know, everybody in the lines didn't understand English, everybody just spontaneously busted into the song. And it was just one of those things that I think that the quote um, from somebody from multiple people is uh, this sounds made up, but it definitely happened. <laughs> yes. Um, of like, we all agree while this happened. This is just one of those surreal, weird life moments, yeah. you know? Yeah, because uh, they definitely, like like I said, everybody was kind of doing their own thing, and then they realized everybody else was singing. And then it became, well, why don't we just we'll join in song together? And I think at some point, uh, the something that I read was like, I think on the German side, somebody had, there were instruments, so somebody like busted out band music. And yeah. it was like, hell yeah! Yeah, b- crank up that band music! Yeah, crank up that that one marching drum you yeah. <laughs> everybody was like fuck yeah this slap just a bunch just like yelling because also the thing about old lang syne is like about pretty quickly into it nobody remembers any more words and it all just becomes like getting the melody out so just a bunch of shoulders shoulders are like with just one snare drum yeah it's like for all acquaintance we forgot blah 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 blah. boom (laughs) bang bang (laughs) <laughs> um, um, apparently uh, Graham Williams of the 5th London Rifle Brigade ended up telling the New York Times at some point later on that the the Germans would sing one of their carols and then the British would sing one of theirs and then uh, everybody started up singing Oh Come All Ye Faithful and then the Germans I joined I knew it was in. something churchy yes uh, and so the Germans sang in the Latin words and then they thought, well, the quote is, they thought, and I thought, Latin, like, war's back on. <laughs> yeah, pew. pew. Um, the quote is, and I thought, well, this is really a most extraordinary thing. Two nations both singing the same carol in the middle of a war. Um, and then I guess they, yeah, then that, then that's when it started with the Merry Christmas on both sides. And, and I think that it speaks to that. There's another interesting detail of it is, um, the guy that um, I want to say created, like, basically the the major German youth hostile organization, like, he was one of the people at this truce, and the experience of the truce is what made him create this, like, youth hostile organization. Because mm-hmm. he was like, oh, there's just something really cool about, like, people from different cultures and different countries just, like, meeting up while traveling and just, you know, befriending each other based on mutual, like, hey, it sucks to travel kind of circumstances. Um I mean, uh, to me, like what I really like about this story is like it kind of speaks to 
the power of entertainment to bring people together. And like, there is something about like, ultimately I feel like our goal as entertainers, podcasters, whatever is to create shared experiences for people, for them to relate. Right. Um, and I think that that is something that like, you know, if you take the real, the religious aspects of like, yeah, these are all like, you know, European Christian nations or whatever. It's just like these people realized they had a thing in common. Yeah. That could be Christmas. That could be football. That could yeah. be, you know, that could Ham. be. It could be ham. It, it could, could be, be throwing ham. Hating yeah. generals. Yeah, it could be hating generals. It could, <laughs> it could be, be a- Michelle needs to calm the fuck down. General Michelle. Yeah, it could be like a mutual love of the cats movie. I don't know. Like <laughs> it's like it could be it could be anything. It's just realizing like, oh, that you have like if you take any person on planet Earth, you probably have something to talk about with them. Mm-hmm. Even if it's just, hey, it's hot out or whatever. But I I think that there is something to like yeah, it's just going through a crazy experience with a group of people. It like even if you like, you it just gives you like a shared bond yeah, well, to talk about. Even like as somebody who often rides the Cars ride single rider, like that's a four minute experience on a Disney ride. But afterwards, you are kind of like, oh, that's right. No, you're not my friends. Oh, we, we're not gonna like. Oh, that's right. We leave now. Goodbye. Like yeah, even something as simple as that, you kind of like feel. But if you but if you saw those people like two months later at a Denny's, you'd be like, oh, shit, cars person. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. Um. So once they realized, wait a minute, we're all singing together. That's when they started kind of poking their heads up over the front lines, which would normally be suicide. Like if you stuck your head out and were like, what's going on? Like that was a surefire way to get killed. So the <laughs> I want to see the one s- guy in World War One that was like, hey, what's happening up here? <laughs> his head just evaporates so eventually uh there's a whole bunch of accounts of people just being like okay what i'm gonna i'm gonna do it i'm gonna i'm gonna poke my head up i'm gonna and then they poke their head up and be like oh oh okay oh it's fine it's fine cool so then they started to like go and shake hands at some point uh there was a some Germans like, held up a sign that said, you know, shoot, we know, shoot. Yeah, it's like that. St- yeah, that stuff. And I'm sure that like when the first person poked their head up, they probably saw that sign or a Christmas tree or whatever. And they were like, hey, guys, it's a Christmas tree. And then multiple people poked their heads up and they all got gunned down. <laughs> uh, there's this one guy who um, what is his name? Uh, this is a diary from a World War One soldier, um, uh, Robert Keating. And uh, Mr. Keating wrote that the Germans were sending up starlights and singings, and then they stopped. So then on the British side, they were like, keep going. (laughs) And they started singing some more stuff, and then they stopped. And then the Germans would be like, come on, more shit. So apparently there was like this back and forth also happening. um, You know what would suck? Handshaking. To be like the last soldier killed before that. I know. Like, uh, talking about, like the genesis of this. Yes. Like, some, like to have been gunned down like t- an hour before. There was actually a Doctor Who episode about that. Really? Yeah. It was, um, I want to say it was the Christmas special in 2016, 2017. And it was basically about like uh, a World War One soldier. Uh, it was two World War One soldiers, one British, one German, who were like essentially in like a crater caused by a bomb. And they had like guns pointed at each other and like. It was the 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 doctors pulled the American soldier out of that because they needed him for I don't know some space shit, mm-hmm. and um, with the attitude being like, okay, we have to put him back. He's gonna die, but before he dies, we need to have him do this thing. Uh, and the twist in the episode, spoiler: if you don't want this episode of Doctor Who from three years ago to be spoiled, mm-hmm. they uh, put him back, and then they realize, hey, like we can't we can't like do we can't like do anything to necessarily 
uh, affect how he is, but we can put him back into the future or put him back into the past in this World War One uh, crater like three hours later than we pulled him out. And then the soldier doesn't realize why they did that. And then when they do that, he hears Christmas singing and realizes that they put him oh. back in at the moment of the Christmas truce. So him and the German soldier like both survived and that's lovely. Buds, you know, that is I lovely. mean, fuck Doctor Who for stealing my idea <laughs> yeah. three years ago. I mean, they are time travelers. They <laughs> yeah, got exactly. They no, knew. don't throw that final draft script in the trash. Uh, Why did late. you fade away, Nadia? <laughs> Because Joy was trying to steal my mics for drug money again. Uh, yeah, damn I, it, Joy. guys, I need them. Um, <laughs> like you could sell these mic stands for what, like three bucks each? That's how, you can buy a drug for that, right? Which one drug? Yeah, one drug, please. One piece of pot, Here's, please. Yeah, one piece of pot. Here's plastic. <laughs> so, what were some of the other uh, gestures of goodwill that, if you recall, any? Um, so, uh, other gestures of goodwill. Um, that like was, the German and British cr- troops. So I want to say the Christmas Carol singing. I want to say there was like a, a British barber who um, just like had his clippers with him or whatever. Or, I mean, probably just had and like also a, cocaine. Yeah, yeah, his cocaine and also and, his and also dentist. his teeth thing. <laughs> and um, his teeth thing. And like he noticed a German soldier who had like long hair and was like kind of dirty. And he basically said like, "I can give you a haircut if you want." So like he literally gave this German soldier like a haircut with a knife just like in the middle of no man's land on a chair and like how much trust does that take yeah oh like, yes yeah, yeah yeah it's like yeah like i'll let the opposing guy bring a knife to my throat um but yeah he like gave him a haircut and like i said earlier there were a lot of situations of soldiers just becoming friends with each other getting each other's addresses and then after the war just like exchanging letters and i'm sure going and visiting each other and hanging out and stuff that's so oh, that's so lovely yeah. i mean it comes it's born out of such tragedy but it's like a lovely human moment yeah. in the middle of all that um i know that there was a lot of exchanging of gifts that they had specifically cigarettes because they're like oh what do we got um Merry Christmas. Here's a pack of six. Yeah, there was there was cigarettes. There was, um, I believe, an officer who just really wanted some German buttons, like from like an officer's jacket. So he cut off two of the buttons from his jacket, gave them to a German officer, and was like, "Hey, can I have your buttons?" And then the German officer cut off his buttons, and they just traded traded like jacket buttons. <laughs> um, nerds. Yeah. <laughs> but dorks. Nerds. Yeah, yeah. Fucking nerds. Back to back to war, nerds. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what I collecting, been. collecting buttons was the that was the Pokemon of nineteen twelve. <laughs> um, they, I think they also exchanged some food things. Obviously, the ham. Yeah. I believe some plum puddings were exchanged. Apparently, some Germans lit Christmas trees around their trenches. Um, with what lights? I know. I well, it's on I, fire. <laughs> they just shot bullets at the tree. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I'm gonna assume matches. Yeah, uh, but just, also that's a very solid just question. Like, what, like, so you put candles in the tree. I'm just, I'm not saying they didn't. I'm just saying I'm from an era where I can't picture it. I guess right. it speaks to how dumb that I am that when you asked that question, my immediate thought was like, wait, did they have electricity back then? Oh yeah, no. <laughs> and then I was, it was like, halfway through my asking the question that I was like, oh, what about candles? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, they, but they did have right. Like the electricity was a thing. But in they didn't. They didn't have like strands of Christmas lights to maybe. Maybe. Nadia, find out when Christmas lights started. Uh, ooh, that is a good question. When did Christmas lights start? Because I mean, we can agree they didn't have a plug. Yeah. We can I agree mean, they weren't able to, they didn't find an outlet. I mean, look, they had a plug, didn't have a gen- generator, so it had to be a really long plug that went all the way to the Kaiser's mansion. That could be it. <laughs> and that's cool. why the Kaiser was upset, is he was like, these soldiers are stealing my electricity. 
<laughs> that's what it was. That's the origins of World War One. Yeah, no, it's the origins of World War Two. <laughs> <laughs> um, a quick googling says that uh, Edward H. Johnson put up the very first string of electric Christmas tree lights in 1882. Oh, oh. wow! Okay, so, so they could have had some. Yeah. But, um, I mean, it probably looked a little different than the ones that we're used to. Yeah. That's all I'll say. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and they, I mean, maybe they had a fuel generator or something. I feel yeah. like there might have been, like, you know, cars existed at that point. Yeah. There's so, like, always more stuff happening in any war than I think there is. I always falsely assume the, the worst possible versions, like like a survivor on an island with absolutely nothing. And then you'll find out, like, oh, yeah, we had all this stuff. <laughs> For whatever the war, it doesn't matter. World War One, World War Two, going way, way back, um, the the Hundred Years' War, and you're just like, oh, I'm dumb. Yeah, I'm dumb. I'm I'm a dumb person who didn't take into consideration that people had to live. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it is strange to think like you know they packed Christmas lights. Yes, was this planned? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wait a second. But well, I mean, like I think a thing to consider about that is. Um, where this happened, I actually I uh, was one of those assholes that backpacked Europe after college. Uh, thank you, extra student loan money. <laughs> and um, <laughs> hell yeah, uh, yeah, which I had to pay back. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. But, but I did pay back. I'm fine. Um, yay! Yay! But um, is that why you're stealing our mics? You think you're yeah. saying it's for drugs, but it's really to pay back uh, student loans. Yeah, yeah, no. it's just, it's to pay off this Eep trip. <laughs> um, but I, I visited Eep, and like the town of Eep is like. Not it's like walking distance from where one of the truces happened. So like it's realistic that they just mm-hmm. like went, I don't know, it's like somebody had a yeah. back of their house or whatever. I'm actually from uh my my ex wife is in Eep. Maybe we could go steal a Christmas tree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um and uh something that I think is interesting about World War One is like People still wore chainmail during World War One. There was what? there was still like ca- I did. I'm a history major. And I did not know that. Oh yeah, it's specifically if you look at the um the outfits that um uh people inside World War One tanks wore, there was chainmail coming off of the helmet because if you shot a World War One tank with a bullet, the the like the the plating was like just thin enough that like basically flecks of like molten hot metal would fleck from the inside of the tank from where the bullet hit to i mean, the face of whoever was in the tank so there are a lot of you'll see i mean there i don't think there are any world war vet, one vets around anymore but if you saw world war one vets that served in tanks in you know like in world war one you'd see them have very specific burn scars on their faces that just like looked kind of like acne scars but it was from just like flecks of molten metal from like when a bullet or a shell would hit the side of the tank hitting them in the side of the face and it was God. just like it was just like a drop it wasn't enough to like cause shrapnel wounds but it was just like a drop that would like burn them a little bit sure um mm-hmm. so yeah like the so chainmail but also like chainmail sucked to wear so a lot of soldiers were like i'm not wearing that right um but there were also it's like very cumbersome form of pro- uh yeah weapons protection when like i think that there were even like horse cavalry charges in world war one that i did know yeah so it is just this it, it's a really interesting war where it's like you know it was the it was like the last war that was basically like emperors and kings of different kingdoms fighting each other but with what we consider to be largely like modern weapons. Right. So, you know, stuff like, you know, yeah, like tanks, machine guns and stuff like that, but it was like you know, the Kaiser who was the king of Germany was like the head of one side of it or whatever. Yeah. There's this amalgamation between what became a lot of the stuff that was then obviously improved upon. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately for something like World War II, 
Uh, so by the time you get to World War II, it's a completely different type of fighting style. Yeah, World War One crawled, so World War Two could walk, <laughs> run. Yikes! Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, terrible, absolutely terrible. But it was just it was it was the last big war kind of among monarchs, you know. So right. it's like there is something there is a lot of like interesting stuff about that. Right, because this is still when like the Habsburg Empire was still a yeah. thing. Yes. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, one of the sides was literally like the Austria-Hungary Empire. It was like Austria. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. and it just, the Ottoman Empire was involved. It's like literal empires were yeah. involved. Yeah. Still when Britain owned like uh, a good chunk of the world through colonization. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, and so they're not just defending Europe. They're defending, you know, if, if so-and-so takes over, they take over so much more. So I, I think that that's something that's worth keeping in mind with like sort of the reasons that like, one, like communism kind of raised up and also the reason this truce happened is it's like you realized, oh, like the people that are ordering me to fight, the person ordering me to fight is like a literal king to fight somebody that's like essentially like, you know, I'm not sure if it was like a quite serfdom back then, but it's like essentially somebody that's like under a king and you realize, oh, like there are way more of us. There are these kings. Also, why aren't they fighting each other? You yeah. Know? Like it, yeah. the, hey, wait a minute. Yeah, like the, the animosity that caused it makes like perfect sense. Y'all, hey, hey, you get in here and do this shit. <laughs> yeah. I quit, Michelle. Yeah, yeah. That was my imitation of Steve um, quitting his pretty job good. at PacSun. Yeah, it was yeah, good. Was it? Um, yeah, I think For a second, so. I thought oh. there were two Steves in the room. Oh, you think I quit <laughs> PacSun by putting in two weeks or notifying a manager? I just stopped going. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. In my it's like you took off like whatever a name tag or whatever they made you wear. There's a lanyard. A lanyard, and then you threw it on the um, cashier table. Uh, no, I kept it. I still have it. <laughs> Do you guys want to hear uh, how I quit Polar Ralph Lauren? Yes. Please. Okay, so um, for me, it was it was a college job between I think sophomore and junior year of college, and um, I definitely took the job with the attitude of like, oh, I'm only going to be here for like two months or something like that. Uh, I think that in the interview when they said how long you're going to be here for, I was like, oh, forever. Yeah. Oh, this is <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is it. I'm climbing this ladder yeah, to yeah. the top. Um, but I read the entire employee handbook and saw that if you wait 90 days or like if you uh, for the first 90 days, you do not have to give your two weeks notice if you quit. And they also do not have to give you notice to fire you. Oh. Um, it's like some 90 day promotionary period. And I'm sure that the reason for that in terms of like language is so they can fire you without notice. Right. It's like yeah. They, they never expect anybody to like. Quit yeah. At that time. Right. But um, my my a couple of days before uh, going back to college, I this, thought it'd be really funny to write a letter of resignation. <laughs> so I wrote a letter of resignation. <laughs> Uh, that to was like very, Ralph Lauren. The, to Polo Ralph Lauren. It was very like professionally written, and I think I even like signed it at the bottom and printed it on like nice paper and like <laughs> folded it up. And then after one of my shifts, I just walked up to my boss and said like, um, you know, like I would like to give you my letter of resignation. Um, like you know, just you know, I, I looked in the Polo Ralph Lauren handbook and it said that I don't have to give you two weeks' notice. So like, uh, <laughs> you know, this is it. Very delightful working for you. Goodbye. <laughs> uh, <laughs> They're just like. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's just like, oh, like, uh, fine. Yeah, like that's definitely that was definitely the reaction. It's just like usually when people quit, it's because they're drunk on wine coolers or yeah. whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I did it definitely being like this would be a funny way to quit this yeah. job. <laughs> that it, <laughs> I wish I would have done that. You should have done that at Victoria's Secret, but it would have been like a lace. 
Yeah, I should have said like a doily, yeah. like a doily stationery mm-hmm. in I mean, like a fancy cursive that yeah. was like, to whom it may concern, dearest sir, madam. I'm straight to I, Victoria. I, this, I was reg- all, this was all language that I basically used in my letter of resignation. <laughs> and I cited the exact section and quote That's from, my favorite the, part. from the, uh, the, the employee handbook that said, like it was like according to like page forty two site whatever I can give you less than I can give you zero notice. <laughs> I like to imagine he sighed, took the letter, walked into his office, and put it on a stack of all the other professional letters. <laughs> and and was he was like, lost another yeah. good one. And he was also, I'm sure that he was also like, there cannot be news stories about this. If empl- other employees realize, they can just resign. <laughs> <laughs> Much like the generals were, yeah, they can just quit the war. Yeah, they can oh just no! Quit the war. So I was, yeah, I'm just as brave as a World War One soldier. <laughs> um. So. So uh, you've got Germans fighting the British, and they they take this break um, to play soccer. Yeah, for a moment. Yeah, uh, in this one area. Uh, do you know anything about that game? Um, yeah, actually, I visited the field where it happened. Um, I, I when I was in Eep, I basically did like a you know one of those like guided tours where like you give like some like American expats forty bucks, and they're like we'll drive you around to stuff, and. Um, yeah, it's just in, it's essentially in just like a cornfield, you know? Um, mm-hmm. I mean, now it's a cornfield. At the time, it was like, you know, no man's land trench fighting. But I remember um, there were a couple of different games. There were some stories of uh, people like having soccer balls handy and then just playing it, you know, as you would. There were a couple of situations of people playing with like essentially just like a twine of barbed wire because they all had boots. They were like, whatever. Um, I think that the game that is the most talked about, um, it ended with a German 3 2 victory. Which, um, you know, good for them. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, so as far as I know, there was at least a couple of games that played to completion. But there were also a lot of situations where it's like, it's no man's land. So there were like, you know, like craters from like grenades and shells and stuff like that. So I think that a couple of situations people like tried to play and then they were like, oh, the ball keeps getting caught in a crater. <laughs> yeah. Uh, apparently there's not like it's uh, there's a lot of legends about there being like really organized games. That was not the case. It was a lot of just like it was like 50 versus 50. Yeah. Just, like, it I was like, uh, that's the goal. And yeah, maybe over there and uh, let's just kick a ball around. Yeah, yeah. It seems more like they were just like, let's do it to say we did it more than because it's actually fun. Yeah. Like somebody was like, no, we got to say we played soccer. We got to say it. Come on. And everyone's like, it's really not that fun, but yeah, okay. It's very First cold story. right now. It's yeah. very sure. cold. My friends just died. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. the equivalent of doing it for the gram now. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. do it for the story. So that's doing it for the telegraph. Yeah. Do it for the, do it for the graph, man. <laughs> do it for the graph. Yeah. yeah. Dot, mean, dot, dot, line, 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 dot, 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 soccer. <laughs> I mean, there is a very, this is a very harrowing left turn, but like they basically started a live and let live system where they said, okay, during this day, because a lot of people were like, yeah, let's celebrate Christmas. But other people were like, we have a lot of shit to do. We're still in a war. So there was essentially part of this truce was like, fine, you go bring in your dead, we'll bring in ours. And it was just pulling out the bodies from no man's land, which is harrowing. But there was, I think that off of this, it did start a system among certain sections of the front where they just made a deal of like, okay, so like when when you're getting your food delivered, we're not going to shoot at you. And like right. likewise, or like it just kind of created, it's uh, the Civil War has really similar stories of, Ultimately, like in a lot of cases, the Civil War was literally like the Union would be like cousins of people on the Confederacy. Yes. So because of that, like they started kind of like, you know, gentle persons agreements of like, 
okay, so like once nightfall hits, we're just going to like trade cigarettes and hang out until the general in the morning says the war has started again. Um, and I think that that created a similar system with uh, after the truce of like in, under certain sections of the front, like, okay, like we'll all be like nice about this. Like we'll have just kind of like a gentleman's agreement that like we won't like, you know, for two hours at the end of the day, we can all like drag our wounded and dead mm-hmm. off of the no man's land and we won't shoot each other or like. Uh, yeah, you know, we'll, uh, when we're doing like food deliveries, like it's fine. Like if like it's too rainy, we'll just consider the war rained out for the day. Rained out. Yeah. Uh, there was a lot of like just taking breaks and just being like, look, we're not gonna, we're not gonna deal with this. Like during the truce, there was a moment where, um, there's a record from a guy in the Scots Guard who said, uh, they met a German patrol and they were given a glass of whiskey and some cigars. And then they were like, okay, fine. You don't shoot, we don't shoot. Like we're not gonna, um, we're not gonna bother with trying to even begin to get this going again until like a few days later. Yeah, uh, yeah. just for the sake of like, we need a break. Yeah, and then I think that like even the moment the war started back up, it was just such a like quote marks like I guess we'll start <laughs> fighting again. Yeah, and then that's when I was talking about earlier when it was like. Yeah, I'm not going to shoot this guy that I just hung out with. Oops, miss. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it was that for like. Oh, it was that for months. Oh, weird! I really, totally did not mean oh, to just I... shoot them all across, all the way over. Oh, my bad. I think I got bad bullets. Yeah, just uh... like whoopsie. Oh my, uh, you know, like hey, it was it was a lot of like. I'm sure that there was probably a moment of like uh, a general saying, "Okay, we need to prove the war is still going back on." You uh, snipe that German guy. <laughs> And then the German guy and the American guy had a deal where it's like, I'll shoot over your head, but you pretend like yeah. you got hit and be well, like, and be like, oh, my shoulder. Oh, and then, the pain. And ah. then wink, wink, wink. And then look to General and see, I totally <laughs> shot that guy. Yeah. General was like, mm, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, there was a, like, there's Saxons and Anglo-Saxons, which... I guess, so I guess German versus British, I guess. But yeah. like at some point there was a quote where somebody said, we're Saxons, you're Anglo-Saxons. What is there for us to fight about? Yeah. Which yeah. is like exactly kind of the, the whole point of the damn thing. And it's such a bummer that like they had to go back to fighting. Like I almost wish that in some way this had like spread throughout and had been um, not, not so quickly quashed. Or I wish more like, I think what ended up happening is like there was no truce like this following... Uh, this one, like this was the only time that there was really like this kind of big break where everybody sort of kind of became friends-ish or some people did become friends the rest of the time for the next four years. It was just an unending shit. Well, that's why, like, I mean, uh, I was talking about earlier, like it did, it did spread along the front a little bit. And like, that was a lot of the worry among the aristocracy of like, like I said earlier, like uh, they're going to realize they can just not do this. Yeah. Yeah. And um, that that's why, uh, you know, like when like the war was the war started up again in like, you know, late 2014, early 2015 um, or 19 the years are hard. You guys get it. Um, but I mean, every there's just so many of them. Yeah, there's now. Just so many years. Every year um, there's another one added. And there's oh. more millenniums. There's Come on. What? Oh, there's another. Jeez. Oh, um, but yeah, like barely keep track of this one. <laughs> yeah. But people realized that like people just kind of stopped fighting each other and they didn't necessarily want to shoot their friends. So that's why I was talking about like the, the aristocracy realized the only way to solve the problem was 
one to start just like shelling people Mm -hmm. or two just like literally just taking guys and cycling them like back because it's like okay you're not on the front line anymore because you're not going to shoot a german because you see that they're people now (laughs) Um, there's definitely other places though because like on the eastern front this did not happen the russians were like still going by the julian calendar so they were like what do you mean it's Christmas? Christmas is not till January 7th. Yeah. Fuck you, shoot him. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And the French were way more sensitive to the fact that like Germans were occupying a third of their country. So they were yeah. just like, fuck you guys. We're not going to just take a break. You're not our friend. You're in the middle of my fucking homeland. Get but, out. I mean, I feel like part of it might have been like, because it was like, a lot of it was like English soldiers and German soldiers mm-hmm. in Belgium. So they probably both realized like, oh, this isn't our like, this is an our turf we're both like we're both kind of like interlopers here uh yeah so that that i'm sure probably had something to do with it too yeah because otherwise it was like i can easily see where like other parts of other other lines other fronts would just be like no fuck him i'm listening to michelle i'm gonna shoot the shit out of this guy <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> Uh, the real note I got from a regional manager. Pull her up, <laughs> uh, that's why I quit. They were very violent. So there's a bunch of examples of this in pop culture that you've taught. Like you already mentioned the Doctor Who one. Do you feel like there's other examples that you really like of seeing the Christmas truce played out in pop culture or literature or what have you? I mean, I think that in uh, in like European media, English media, stuff like the BBC, I think it's been covered a little bit. Like Doctor Who is an example. I think that this is one of those things that just isn't super widely known among Americans. And, um, you know, I haven't necessarily seen like a movie starring Brad Pitt about this or whatever. Right. Um, Like, I think, like, I can't really think of a ton else that specifically covers this, but I think it would make for an interesting story for, you know, a movie, a miniseries, whatever. I do think that there was a movie not that long ago. Do you remember this at all, Steve? Hacksaw Ridge? Yeah, it was Hacksaw Ridge. No, that was about that. Yeah, that was about that. No, No. I can't. No, nineteen seventeen. So nineteen seventeen. No, that was a couple years. It <laughs> so, probably got referenced in nineteen seventeen. I've not seen nineteen seventeen. Uh, it was not referenced. I did see nineteen seventeen, but they don't talk about it. It's very like a twenty four hour period for that film. Uh, so like, fuck that movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So there's a sixty nine a film from nineteen sixty nine called Oh What a Lovely War. What a weird title that includes a scene of the Christmas truce. Um, My favorite Christmas song is um, <laughs> Snoopy's Christmas, which is about the true, the, the truce, Snoopy versus the Red Baron. Oh, yes. Really? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That, yeah. The Royal Guardsman. The, the, ger- the German pilot and... Um, and Snoopy. Says, We're going to make a truce. Yeah. Um, Merry Christmas, mine friend. <laughs> That's how that part goes. The song, right? Goes. That was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Oh no! You know what? I know the no whole thing. No wonder that but... guy robbed you because you're going to take his music career away from him. I know. Him. I know the whole song, but I don't. <laughs> that, I'll I sing it that, so well. I hope that that was his reasoning. Is he was like, oh, I'm not a very good musician, so I've got to go house by house and steal every <laughs> microphone, <laughs> and then I will be the only musician. <laughs> That could be it. I should warn my neighbors. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I found the film. It's called Joy au Noël. Um, and it's a French film and it's through the eyes of French, British and German soldiers. Um, that came out in 2005. So that's there is one movie about this. 
that kind of okay, goes that goes into some of the details i think about I mean, the truth but it is this weird thing where like i feel like because so much of world war one and world war two did not happen on like u.s soil there is a thing for like americans at least where we look at the world wars like they're lord of the rings like we don't necessarily see like there's not like the, a World War One battle site in Oregon or whatever, right? right. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I think that in Europe, it's like, you know, if you go, if you've never been to Europe, if you go to Europe, like, you'll see so many spots where it's like, oh, this is like a statue honoring, like, you know, uh, a British tank brigade that, like, fought at this spot 60 years ago or whatever. Like, you literally see, like, the lived-in history, and I think that that's why you see that as, like, a French film, but not, like, a big-budget Hollywood film, you know? There is a 1997 song called Below Wood by Garth Brooks that is a fictional account based on the Christmas truce. Why oh. fictional? Just tell the real one, Garth. <laughs> yeah, Garth. I mean, I guess if it was a Chris Gaines song, that could be a lie. Come on, uh, Garth. What's the song called? Below Wood? Below Wood? B-E-L-L-E-A-U. In 2011, there's this opera, Silent Night, that was commissioned by the Minnesota Opera and um, performed in St. Paul. And there was a libretto by Mark Campbell based on the screenplay of the film, Jean Noel. Right. Uh, So six years prior. And then that thing won the 2012 Pulitzer Prize for Music. Oh, shit. So um, I'm a big idiot. There's a, there's way too much about this. It's played out. Yeah. How did you know about the St. Paul Opera, Joey? Yeah. Jesus Christ. I'm, I know. I'm a real, real dummy. Yeah, you're a real dummy, but I'm also a real dummy because I said like the Habsburgs were involved in this war, and I don't think that's true. I think it was yeah. just Central Powers versus Allied Powers. And I thought in 1914, wait, was there electricity back then? <laughs> And I don't know nothing. And Steve was like, wait, my boss Michelle was fighting in this war? Here's the thing. I've been holding this in since I told that story. I'm just remembering her name was Tracy. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. (laughs) And every time you say Michelle, I'm like, do I correct this? Also, to be fair, Tracy is 120 years old and was a general in World War I. That's true. Yes, yes. Uh, We're so sorry. Apologies to all the Michelles. Yes. Uh... We Obama to yeah. Olson. Apologies to all the Michelles. Shade on all the Tracys. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You have my, um, I'm telling, I'm making this promise right now. We will never have a Tracy on here. <laughs> uh, cut to next week. You have, uh, I can't think of a, trace, a famous Tracy. Tracy Ullman. You have Tracy Ullman is on the show. <laughs> I went to high school with a girl named Tracy Casanova. What a like great name. That is a total like the stage name right yeah. there. That uh, is a fake ass name. That is a Liz Lemon she, type yeah. name. Was she very shy and awkward? No. She was kinda weird, but like fun weird. Oh, okay. Yeah. I feel like people with at least when I went to high school, people with like cool names tended to be the most like just like introverted. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I know my name is cool. Yeah, I'm sick of people talking to me because of my name. Yeah, yeah. Uh this one I find fun as a like, huh? Version of having the Christmas trees in pop culture, which is there's a grocery store chain called Sainsbury's. Yeah, no Sainsbury's. Um they're, that like, produced, they're basically like British Ralphs. Right. They produced a short film for the Christmas season in twenty fourteen as an advertisement that reenacted the events of the Christmas truce. 
Oh, yeah, I read about that. I can't. So, it was produced by a grocery store? Yeah, so a grocery store put out a commercial that was like the Christmas truce. And then I guess it's, you know, ham on sale. But that's, that's the thing. 14 pounds. I have no idea how much a ham costs in England. I'm so sorry. But that's, that's the thing with like Europe and uh, the UK is like there is a there is a real like they take the concept of like never forget like very seriously when it comes to World War One to the point that like people wear like uh, on the the anniversary of like Armistice Day or something like that, people like pretty much everybody will wear like a poppy flower on their lapel as a reference to like I want to say a song called In Flanders Fields that's like a po- or a, a poem called In Flanders Fields that's about um, specifically like World War One trench fighting or something like that, and that's right. like. That's something like to this day people wear like poppy lapels mm. on like that day to honor a World War One battle, you know. Um, I just find it weird that a grocery store, like I think in America there would be like this giant uproar on Twitter if like we I think treat in America World War Two the way Europe treats World War One because America just wasn't as involved in World War One. They were definitely we we sent troops over, but like we really got into World War Two on several fronts. Um, so imagine like the bombing of Pearl Harbor is somehow here to sell you like Coca-Cola. Yeah. yeah. I think about like um, President's Day sale, uh, yes. President's Day mattress sales. Yeah. Or when it's like, it's Martin Luther King Jr. And we've got sales, sales, sales. <laughs> and I'm always like, what? But there is stuff like, I mean. It's an odd connection. That's like all. Like Smash Mouth will do like Smash Mouth remembers 9-11 tweets. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's like, true. Uh, um, that's true. Like when I, I think of Verizon was like, we remember the towers. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's like when, I mean, but that is, you see so many brands that are just like, it's just like, oh, wow, did we really need like the Cheetos take on 9-11? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know. But I think I guess that that speaks to like we got word Doritos is putting I mean, something. We oh, need shit, like, shit, shit. We gotta write something good. We need the Cheetos take on nine eleven so that in a hundred years anthropologists can look back and, and be, be like, like who's yeah. Chester? Yeah. And like, what does he yeah, remember? What, what, like what the fuck was going on with this society <laughs> where they readily accepted a Cheetos nine eleven commercial? But there's, I mean, <laughs> it's just like I mean, I know this is the like grossest way to put it, but it's like. In the UK, like the brand awareness of like World War One is far greater mm-hmm. than it okay. is in the US. All right. In the same way that the brand awareness of nine eleven here is like so like if you're a brand, it's like it's a horrible thing to do, but it's like I get the reason to be like Martin Luther King is gonna sell you mattresses for cheaper. Right. Okay. Because yeah. it's just like a thing that people it's like a it's a horrible way to advertise, but it's like I get the inclination of like Oh, this is a thing that everybody knows. So how can we tie selling like, you know, used cars to it or whatever? Right. Um, Verizon celebrating all the new towers we've built since 9-11. That was what it was. It was something like, it was like an image of like the towers and then something to do with like, we're connecting. the. It was so like, it was so egregiously bad. I'll I'll find it and put it on the the yikes. I know it was very yikes. Um, less yikes. There's a Christmas truce memorial in um, France that was unveiled in 2008. Cool. And um, the Royal Welch Fusiliers um, played a football match with the German Battalion 371, and the Germans won two to one again. Oh yeah. So no matter what, I guess Germans win on that spot. So I think that I think the lesson to take away from here is Germans really good at soccer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then there's a different memorial that's unveiled in the National Memorial Arboretum in Staffordshire, England, 
by Prince William, Duke of Cambridge, and uh, the English national football team manager, Roy Hodgson. I don't know why that dude was there. But basically, it's a football remembers memorial that was designed by a 10-year-old kid named Spencer Turner, and there was a UK-wide competition to uh, to, to to do this. And so, you know what? Congratulations, Spencer. Football remembers? Yes. A memorial for this specific thing. Yeah, but that does beg the question like, well, wait, what are we remembering? Are we remembering the Christmas trees or are we remembering that football exists? Because I'm but pretty sure we know football exists. We both. But I get, and once again, it's like a horrible, it's a horrible way to like look at a, tra- like, look, I mean, this is a beautiful moment in a war, but it's like to look at something like that is like, Hey, he FIFA's got to get on get in on this. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, in like FIFA 2020, is there going to be like a World War One armistice like court or something? And it's like uh, maybe. I mean, I guess that's cool to honor it, but this feels yeah. like we. This feels weird. If, yeah, you've played on that certain day. All the players have uh, poppy pins. Yeah, <laughs> that that doesn't bother me as. But it's like if it's like a feature, it's, mm-hmm. it's a promoted. Oh, you have feature. to pay extra. It's DLC. Yeah, it's DLC. Yeah. You have to pay extra. <laughs> it's DLC. It's like this feels something about this feels off. Uh. Um, in Rockford, Illinois, they've hosted reenactments of the Christmas truce. That to me is the most interesting because this is America, and it's like what? Why Rockford they- is where um a league of their own takes place too. Really? Yeah, the Rockford Peaches. Oh. Oh, yeah, well, I guess right. Illinois is where it takes place because they're all different. All the teams are different cities, but sure. Rockford is where the peaches are from. So yeah. I wonder if they're just like, "Hey, we like parts of history. Yeah, we'll just do this too." Yeah, I mean, I feel like there are, like I said earlier, like there are definitely like pockets of people that like are aware of this, and it is such a powerful story that, like, I get that. Yeah, if you run like a soccer club in Rockford, Illinois, and you hear about this, like. You'd, you'd be like, oh, that would make sense to do yeah. like some kind of memorial thing. I don't know that it was a soccer thing, though. I think it's just a reenactment of the truce. Right. Well, it's it's like... I think like anything that's like a memorial or a tribute, I'm fine with because it's kind of like... It's a very inspiring story yeah. uh, about the goodness. But if it's like Monster Energy Drink. Exactly. Presents. Yeah, yeah. Monster Energy Drinks Christmas Truce Weekend. <laughs> I mean... That Sunday, also, Sunday, Sunday. Featuring Panic at the Disco. I mean, honestly, that sounds dope as hell. That's true. I, I There'll be it. 12 Fortnite competitions in it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 12 <laughs> Fortnite competitions where uh, the Fortnite Christmas truce. Oh, that's right, instead, yeah. Where instead your machine guns shoot soccer balls. <laughs> uh I would play that. Yeah, I guess that I talk myself into brands. Yeah. Br- brands using tragedies to sell product is now dope as hell. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know who's <laughs> this is a horrible video video. You know who's not dope as hell? Hitler. Here's the thing. Here's where I'm going with oh, this. I love the specific. I know this. I'm, you know this one. Do you want to tell it then? Uh, so. For the most part, like the people involved in the truce were all like, oh, this is really cool, except for Adolf Hitler, who was uh, fighting in World War II as a messenger. And he was like, I just don't approve of this at all. I was going to ask if there was like that one drip who was like sitting in the corner. That drip was Hitler. That one drip was Adolf Hitler. (laughs) Quote, such a thing should not happen in wartime. Have you no German sense of honor? There's a few other stories that I found that I thought were like just like lovely, lovely little bits. Um, there was a, a German and British officer that shook hands and they tried to communicate the best they could. And they're obviously different languages. And then they got translators to help. Um, and there was a British junior officer. His name was Edward Hulse. Um, and he met a German guy 
who turned out the German had lived in Britain for years and lost everything he loved when the war started. Quote, he came from Suffolk, where he had left his best girl and a three and a half HP motorbike. Oh, man. Uh, I mean, I get why that guy's mad. Motorbikes are dope. And he couldn't get a letter to the girl and he wanted to send one through uh, him. So he made him write a postcard in front of me in English. And the British guy sent it off that night and told him that she probably would not be like all that into seeing him again, seeing as how he's like trying to take over her country. And then they were like, uh, uh, basically, he just went ahead and did it anyway. He's like, you know what? This guy wants to say hi to this girl. I'm going to write a postcard for him. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. It is. Well, that's stuff like that. Even if he's right, like, I can see where she'd be like, why the fuck is my ex writing to yeah, me? Yeah, she already he's moved trying- on. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I guess that what I like about that is it's sort of like the small comforts of war, right? Mm-hmm. Is it's just like, you know, I mean, I'm sure that, like, that guy probably never heard from that woman again. But it's like, you know, in a time of war, that made that guy feel better, you know? Yes. Uh, there's another case of... Um, this guy, Victor Chapman, who was the first American pilot killed, um, who talked about how uh, Christmas morning, um, they they had to do that dragging in of the dead thing, like I said, but they like performed an actual funeral. And then a German colonel distributed cigars and cigarettes. And then another German officer took a picture of like everybody and was oh, yeah. just like, oh, yeah, we, we just did a horrific thing. But like. But selfies. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Do it for the graph. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, you can find that picture online, and it's just a really cool. It's just like capturing a really interesting and touching moment in history. Yeah. Um, other gifts: there was jam, uh, mufflers, a lot of wine. Um, Wait, mufflers like car mufflers? Yeah, like car mufflers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hong Kong. Yeah, Hong Kong. But now it's Hong Kong. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I feel like back then it was like awuga. Yeah. <laughs> but then they put the muffler on and it goes awuga. Yeah. It was bee doo bee doo. It was a really, really big trend of 1914 is guys would carry around mufflers and pretend they were cars. <laughs> it was all the rage. Yeah. Oh, you trick people all the time. Yeah, people would be like, oh, I'll climb into this. Mm-hmm. Wait a second, this is a man. <laughs> um, somebody stole a sergeant's raspberry tin and then gave it to a German guy, which is very nice. Cool. And then in return, the German guy stole something from another guy and gave him a, a leather case with cigars. Cool. Which I also love that the soldiers were like, fuck the rich. We're just going to steal their yeah. shit and then give like, it to each other. Well, this whole thing was just fuck the rich. That's my favorite part. Uh, yeah. Eat the, eat the rich. Yeah. Let's beat the poor. Fuck Tracy. Fuck Tracy. Yeah, fuck. Fuck you, Tracy. Sorry, Michelle. We're so sorry. Yeah, Michelle, Michelle you're all right. Michelle, Tracy, you're cool. Fuck you. <laughs> Tracy, we're coming to steal yeah. your shit. I think it might have been, okay, it might have been Stephanie. Hey, I just want to say officially the uh, class war with Tracy is over, but the class war with Stephanie has just yes. begun. Everybody raise your pitchforks and head to Stephanie's house. I'm almost certain it was Stephanie. <laughs> We're sorry to Miss Tracy. We're sorry to Michelle. Yeah, sorry, Tracy, yes. Michelle. You're both all right. But uh, Steph. But Stephanie. But Stephanie. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there anything else about this truce, Joey, that like, like, obviously, there's very kind of, you know, uh, specific messaging to take, which is we are all human. And this moment of humanity, like, crossed enemy lines, obviously. But like. Is there anything that you wish to take out of that as far as like you just that we can apply to maybe like right now in our political climate? Uh, I mean, I guess that for me, the big takeaway from this is that 
you know, I mean, like in Acts of War, it directly makes sense. But even in just like your lives, if there's somebody that you find yourself like demonizing or like, you know, a Stephanie or whatever, like ultimately we're all just people doing our best. And the person that you don't like or the person you're talking shit about right now is really just a human being. And like, you know, regardless of whether they're richer than you, poorer than you, like speak a different language than you or whatever, we're all people. We all like have shit in common. So I don't know, just like generally have more compassion and empathy for your fellow man. Nadia. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeesh. You got called yeah. out. No. Oh, the shade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> I'm just kidding. Nadia and I'm I are taking friends. off my sunglasses because suddenly there's so much shade yeah, here. Yeah. But yeah, you know, it's just, it is just a like, have empathy for each other. Yeah. Like these people in a literal time of war were able to find empathy for each other. You can find empathy for like, I don't know, the person who you don't like right now, probably. Yeah. I think uh, German Lieutenant Kurt Zachmich, ugh, that's bad, recalled, quote, how marvelously wonderful yet how strange it was. The English officers felt the same way about it. Thus Christmas, the celebration of love, Managed to bring mortal enemies together as friends for a time. Aww. Yeah, isn't that nice? Yeah. Even though I, I would, I don't know that Christmas is a celebration of love. I feel like this. No. I think this legit <laughs> might have been pre Valentine's Day, so it could have oh. been. It could have been like. I'm gonna look up when Valentine's Day was invented. Literally, I think it was like the 40s or the 50s. It was like a greeting card holiday. Yes. Um, so I think that it might have in 1914. It might have been like, oh, Christmas is a couple of things. It's also Arbor Day because that's why trees are a thing. Maybe. <laughs> well. Feast of St. Valentine was established way the fuck back in like the, the 496. But I mean like happy Valentine's like, Day, like candy, yes, flowers. Yeah, that that kind of thing. thing is. That was when um, greeting card companies were like, man, we really need, we, we hit it big with uh, Halloween into Thanksgiving into Christmas. What are we like, going to do? February is yeah. a real slow period. Yeah. Yeah. We need something. Like, we need something before Easter. Just like these Groundhog Day cards just aren't selling. <laughs> <laughs> no one really seems to give a shit about this little groundhog. Uh, Americans started exchanging handmade valentines in the early 1700s. Oh, I'm an idiot then. <laughs> but I still think like it was. But it, a, but it became a much bigger deal later yeah. on. Like it's become the monstrosity that it is in later years because of commercialized holidaying. Yeah. Commercialized holiday, and because of IPs, I mean, I used to hand out Tiny Toons Valentines. Oh, sure. My nephew's gonna have Batman Valentines, there's Pokemon um, ones. Yeah, there's, a, there's whatever the movie is du jour. I'm sure that there's a set of Avengers ones for grade school. That oh, absolutely. Are like, um, you know, you know who I think profited the most. Web sling into your heart. <laughs> you know who I think profited the most out of the commodification of Valentine's Day and love, Stephanie. Oh, for sure. Oh, this oh. fucking You bitch. know what? <laughs> Stephanie loves the taste of candy hearts. Yeah. Oh, she would. She actually, yeah. she prefers to just buy plain Necco wafers and yeah, eat them all year round. Yeah, just munch on them. Mm -hmm. she Never mind. Keeps, she keeps them in an open yeah. bowl. I was talking about having empathy for people earlier. Oh, but, no. But ne yeah. ne Necco wafers? Never mind. She likes to she likes to chomp on dry Necco wafers. She's not a... even let them get moisture soft in her from her saliva first. Just chomp right down on oh, the hard dry Necco. Go. Subhuman is this? 
<laughs> Joey Clip, thank you so much for coming on. Why do you know that? Oh uh, yeah, thanks for having me on. Is this where I this is where I promote stuff? Yeah. yeah. How, what, what would you like to plug? Anything uh, at this like, time? What would I like to plug? Um, my friendship with both of you. I'd like to plug this podcast. Aww. Um, uh, I'd also like to plug a uh, Christmas. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. Less. <laughs> yeah. I'll just everything that I plug it just gets a little bit. I'd like to plug holidays. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. All right. The general idea uh, the general of them. The idea of holidays. Uh, let's see. Um, I have a short film that just finished a festival run. It's called Telling People You're Native American When You're Not Native. Is a lot like telling a bear you're a bear when you're not a bear. It's 24 words long. You can find it. Follow me on Twitter. You can watch it. It's, it won awards. It's screened at the Smithsonian. It's really awesome. Crazy. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Joey Tainment. Um, I just uh, I, like today, as of this recording, just released an article uh, that Business Insider asked me to write. Ooh. Uh, it's called like eight things people don't know about Native Americans or whatever. It's got jokes in it and also fun facts. So uh, maybe check that out. Give me some humor with those facts if yeah. you want me to retain. I mean, look, I, I got to write some jokes. <laughs> it's not boring to just write facts. Uh, yeah, so follow me on Twitter at JoeyTainment. Check that stuff out. Um, follow me on Instagram at Joey Clift with like five eyes because the regular Joey Clift uh, took it early. It was a 12-year-old boy and I cannot get it from him. Um, I think uh, other than that, uh, check out the LA Underground Cat Network. It's a cat Facebook group I run for comedians. There's a and lot of- You run it very well. It is one of the least, I mean, there's drama, but it's one of the least dramatic Facebook groups. It's yeah. like a Christmas I, like, truce all year yeah, round. Yeah, it really is a year round Christmas around, truce. Except instead of Christmas, it's cats. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm in a slow cooker recipe Facebook group and I can't even tell you the drama. In yeah. <gasps> and it's tough because uh, the cat Facebook group has uh 12,000 members yeah so it's like it oh, it's, it blew like, up yeah yeah that's I, like i've written for like tv shows and the thing that people want to talk to me about the most is this cat facebook <laughs> group which like i get yeah <laughs> you're like no no i understand yeah like i that's what i want to talk about more too yeah uh, i contribute yeah yeah I, your cat's very cute it's oh, a thank snack, you right? yeah fruit snack yeah snack, very cute cat oh thank you who's Hello? your cat nadia i don't have a cat right now you. She has a pork. <laughs> <laughs> no empathy, Joey. Empathy. Oh, right, right, right. You could have a cat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. One day. One day. Um, Stephanie, though, never had a cat. Yeah. yeah. Stephanie. Stephanie's probably a dog person. Stephanie's a. Stephanie has a turtle. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, tell everyone you know every way you know how. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review, and be sure to go back and listen to our older episodes if you missed them. We talked about some weird stuff. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at WhyDoYouKnowThatPod or on Twitter at WhyDoYouKnowPod. They're different. And if you've got questions, comments, concerns, whatever, be sure to email us at WhyDoYouKnowThatPod at gmail.com. Let's do this again sometime. Uh-huh.